Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? <laughs> Something What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And today kicks off our series on, well, just the high seas, I guess, because these are monsters and hauntings and everything else in between. Uh, We've been waiting a little while to do this episode as we've had a few things happening over the last couple of weeks, Uh, but we're excited to get it started. Uh, But before we go ahead and do that, anything you want to throw out there, house cleaning stuff? Well, I do want to bring up, we are thinking about changing things a little bit with Paratruth Radio and we're talking about renaming it just a smidgen. So you and I have both been talking about it, but you've been heading it. So I wanted you to talk a little bit about what we're kind of starting to go into. Yeah. So, I mean, it, the, the main reason is because we're redoing uh, the website. We're going to rebuild a website and we're going to be bringing that to you guys again. Uh, basically upgraded with more features and more things that you guys can interact with articles and the likes. Uh, But when I was considering the types of things that we would put on this uh, website, I was doing some research and thinking about our current show and really what it means and what it stands for. Uh, And really, I just feel like over the last year or so, we've kind of drifted away from our initial, uh, I guess our initial core, you could call not it mission, core, I guess. Core mission, yeah, I guess core mission. I, I was like, that's not core values. No, it's not that. <laughs> right. uh, so yeah, our, our core mission. You know, we're still very much the same. You know, we obviously come from this Christian perspective. Uh, Justin uh, comes from more of a secular uh, side of it, and that's going to continue. That that's what we do, but it's not necessarily as strong as it once was, and that's only because. You know, over time, and depending on the, the topics that we're talking about, obviously, not all topics can be related to both a Christian view and uh, a non-Christian view. Uh, but <clears throat> there are some things that I thought was, that I noticed that our, our show is doing and moving. Uh, it's basically evolving. And I, I think that's important for a show to do, to evolve over time. Right. And so what I wanted to do was kind of, reevaluate what we actually stand for and what our new core mission is. And that is, of course, to bring you guys the most uh, entertaining and highly valued uh, show that we can. You know, we, we want to bring you guys the best of the best. And when I think about our years working together in the paranormal field uh, and what we've done over the since really 2000 and was it 2008. 2008. Uh, yep. You know, I was like, well, 
there's one thing that has always been on brand for us, and that is simply trying to define what exactly the topic is that we're discussing. Because oftentimes in the beginning, we'll discuss it, a topic, and by the end, we have a fully different opinion uh, than what we started with, and that's based on the research. And so I thought, well, that's really interesting. Maybe uh, there's two things we should do here. One is change Paratruth Radio's actual names just slightly because we're starting to branch out into other fields here, such as video, uh, blogging, things like that, vlogging. Uh, And so I figured we're not just a radio show anymore. We're more than that. So let's drop radio entirely and become Paratruth because Mm -hmm. that's all we, that's all we need. That's what we are. We are Paratruth. Uh, But then on top of that, you know, originally it was, you know, our, we, we, we like having taglines. You don't need a tagline in a podcast, but <laughs> right. it's fun. We like having it. Uh, just so you guys know what the mission statement is, I guess. Uh, so the original uh, was the newest stage in paranormal research. And that's been our line for years. And that's what we've, you know, kind of pride ourselves on is having as close to new evidence or info for you guys as we can. Problem being that info is constantly changing or it isn't changing at all. And if it's not changing at all, well, you can't really bring the latest research in because it's not the latest. It's just the same old, same old uh, that I would. It is still technically the latest because there's nothing else been into it. Well, yes, (laughs) but when we get, but when we first came up with that, uh, the idea was to dig so deep that we'd go beyond what anyone else could ever find. So the latest research would be, something completely new and right. unfortunately the paranormal community you know or uh, research at least doesn't quite evolve as quickly as uh, humanity does but like i said we tend to do everything we can to define the paranormal and so that's what we're coming up with that's going to be our tagline we are now going to be paratruth we define paranormal uh and you know and it's that mission statement that it's just what we do we go out we learn the topics and we try to define what exactly it is uh, that we're talking about. A prime example here would be a cryptid known as Bigfoot. What exactly is he? How do we define that? Because at one point he was only a cryptid and now he's possibly an alien. He's possibly a spirit of some sort. You know, he's possibly some sort of God, demigod. There's all these different things. So yeah, that's what we're doing. We're going to be uh, changing the name just slightly there. Uh, you still be able to find it under Paratruth Radio and stuff like that. You know, there's not a whole lot that you're, you guys aren't going to have to do anything, really. When you Google us right. uh, or look us up, it's all going to pretty much be the same. But we do have some cool stuff coming with the website that I think is going to be a lot of fun. I've been working on that uh, as best I could over the last week. It's been kind of crazy. But we'll hopefully be getting that out to you guys probably... Uh, end of September, uh, maybe early October. Uh, but yeah, I think it's uh, going to be a good little transformation. Right. Well, we've also gone, we, we've spanned the gap of podcast to company because mm-hmm. we are, we, we aren't just expanding into um, video, but we've, we've tried our hand at networking uh, being New Lantern Media and stuff like that as well. 
so we were, were transitioning from a podcast to a, a more of a brand than what we were. Right. So I, I think that's really a bigger definition on top of what you were talking about is Paratruth Radio is amazing. And we've had a lot of fun growing it as far as we have. But Paratruth, and as I always have branded us the Paratruth Boys, have grown beyond just the radio part. So I, I think this is a the next step when it comes to this stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited to start producing more than just what we have been. Um, we've got Paramixology, which we've had a couple people tell us are the best part of Paranormal because we're expanding into something different, a little more fun. So I think that uh, I think this is going to be awesome. I think this is the next step, and I think you guys are going to enjoy it a lot. So moving into our topic, mm-hmm. which Eric had brought this up, and I thought it was awesome because we we've kind of touched base on it. Um, we're we're going to be talking the high seas, both hauntings and and cryptids. We've covered the kraken, which somebody had suggested we do. And I'm like, you know, we've already covered it. It's something that we've touched on here and there. I think we've kind of talked about mermaids, right, Eric? Yeah, yeah, we've talked about mermaids a little bit, sirens as well. Um, you know, those kind of. Basically, we've talked about the really popular things, right. even the pop culture creatures, if you will. Right. So Eric had brought up this this first topic we're going to talk about today, and it was the first time I had ever, ever heard about it. Um, and it pertains to Sir Francis Drake and it was an article he came across. So Eric, go ahead and talk to us a little bit about what the article is and what it delves into. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, it's probably best to first start out with who exactly Sir Francis Drake is, uh, because surprisingly not everyone knows him. They probably know the name, but don't really know exactly what he's done in history. And so Sir Francis Drake was an English explorer, a sea captain, a privateer, a slave slave trader, a naval officer, and a politician. Uh, But he is, of course, most known or best known for his circumnavigation of the world in a single expedition from 1577 to 1580. And at the time, he was the second, only the second person to have ever done so. Now, he was born in Travistock, United Kingdom, and died January 28th, 1596, in Portobello, uh, Panama. Now, what's interesting about that date, exact actually, is a year ago, when I was also doing research on Sir Francis Drake, it was stated that he had died January 27th of 1596. So why exactly there is this change over the last year, I don't know. I've not been able to find that information, but, you know... As research goes and as history goes, the more you unlock, the more you learn. And it's possible that they just unlocked the right evidence to help change uh, what was the truth into the new truth. Or the Mandela effect. It could have been the Mandela effect. You're absolutely right. It could have Or. Been. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Time travelers. 
or time travelers. Yes. I mean, those are absolutely possibilities uh, as well. You know, ever since we did the Mandela effect episode, there's too often that I'm just like looking at something. I think you can get something like, wait a second. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Or or things have changed so drastically that it, it is like, do we have time travelers changing the timeline because things are getting really weird? Mm-hmm. Well, now here's the question. Oh God, here goes the first rabbit trail. That was quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when you're, let's talk. Okay. Think about, I guess it depends on whether or not you believe in, um, in fate, whether you believe in fate and fate being something that's, more or less preordained right right so this is something that's bound to happen regardless of life choices but if you don't believe in fate and you believe that you can make any choice you want and that choice can ultimately uh just define the outcome in the end you know or take you to whatever that outcome is i often find myself sitting back and thinking about my day and the choices that i made the things that i said and i question which really hurts the mind after a while, what exactly I did that changed the original outcome that I set out for this morning. Like when I woke up in bed, what was fate? What did that look like in the end? And throughout the day, what did I do or say that changed that fate, if anything? And it's weird because we don't really know exactly what changes fate or what could, you know, is it something drastic? Mm is something really small when you talk about the timeline uh at least in terms of science little tiny changes can have a very big effect uh you know in one's life and even in the world uh so you know i I don't know it's kind of weird but you know when i when i'm googling some of the stuff and looking at it i'm like man what's what has changed that i thought i remember but is different and how is it different now like did it change or has it just always been that way and i my perspective was off i don't know Right. So Sir Francis Drake, he was an English naval officer. Uh, You know, the one thing about his death in January of 28th, 1596, uh, he was actually uh, placed into a lead coffin and thrown into the ocean uh, off Panama, supposedly. And nobody has found it. He's been gone ever since. There have there are many many researchers, many many uh, explorers, adventurers trying to find his casket somewhere. So there are many people, many explorers, many uh, in- investigators, many adventurers who are currently trying to find that casket that is supposedly buried at the bottom of the sea. Uh, now there are references and notes claiming that he was buried at sea. Uh, I, I believe it's part of his will and testament as well. It was something that would normally have been done uh, for people who were naval officers or people of the ocean, people who you know navigated the ocean. But for all we know, those notes, those those little clues may have purposely been uh, placed there as a deceit to throw people off track so that they would go looking somewhere where he isn't because uh, he was supposedly buried with a lot of treasure as well. And if he didn't want people finding it, he could have been buried on land or somewhere completely different in some, you know, someplace vastly different in the ocean uh, and people would never be able to find him. 
So, you know, it, that's that's a really big mystery right now is why can we not find them? And of course, many years have passed uh, and the ocean has, I'm sure, moved it and buried it and all that. <clears throat> but with that said, Sir Francis Drake being a very famous explorer, there are some things that I recently learned uh, that is very peculiar about this particular person. And the main thing is that there are some interesting stories about how Sir Francis Drake had been reputed uh, to have been a wizard. And not only a wizard, but that he happened to uh, become a wizard and gain these powers after making a certain deal with the devil. And there are some interesting stories here about why people claim him to be a wizard and this magical being bestowed upon powers, you know, by the devil. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go ahead and talk about that because it's really weird and interesting, but mostly weird. So, (laughs) oh, let's see. I think we'll just start from kind of the beginning here of who exactly is and how he came to be who he is, right? So Drake, he was a native of Devon. Uh, He was the first Englishman to circumnavigate the globe between 1570 and 1580 in his ship, the Golden, I think it's the Golden Hind, or is it the Golden Hind? I always forget. Um, I would say Hind just because of the English that we know now. Right. Now, he fought Spanish vessels. In fact, he's very well known for being kind of this warrior who would often defeat defeat the Spanish and take settlements. Uh, Now, he navigated the Strait of Magellan. Uh, It's probably one of the things he's most famous for. Uh, He pillaged North and South America and returned to Queen Elizabeth I in 1580 with great treasures for uh, and for his deeds. He was actually knighted by her, uh, which is really important in the story. Now, in 1588, King Philip II of Spain launched the Spanish Armada to invade England. The 130 ships bearing some 30,000 men were delayed by storms. And when they met the English fleet, of which Drake was an admiral at the time, uh, they were severely battered and scattered. Now, the Armada fled north, sailing around Scotland and Ireland, where it was befitted by more storms. Now, it finally returned to Spain with only half of its original force. And it was said among the Spaniards, and this is where it gets interesting, that Drake possessed a magic mirror that enabled him to see ships in all parts of the world. Now, where exactly did you get this mirror and how do you use it? Well, I can't tell you much about how you use it. You could probably refer back to uh, any of the old Disney stories. Uh, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? She probably knows a thing or two about how to use them. And I'm assuming that's what he would say. Mirror, mirror in my hand. Something, something that rhymes. and Show, show me, me the ships. ships throughout the land. <laughs> Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Even though ships, you know, belong in the ocean, but, you know, land, that's a minor details. When you say land, most people think of the nation or or something like that. (laughs) In that day, I should say. (laughs) Okay. I was going to say, that makes sense. That could make sense. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Now, 
According to legend, Drake sold his soul to the devil in exchange for prowess at sea. In concert with Devon witches, he cast spells that raised the storms against the Spanish Armada. The ghosts of those witches are said to still haunt Devil's Point, the headland overlooking the entrance of Devonsport. The devil was so pleased with Drake that he built him a house at Buckland Abbey in only three days. Now it is said that this magical mirror was part of this, these powers that were given upon him, and that this mirror would, of course, show him where all of his enemies were and various other ships so that he can either attack them or avoid them altogether. But ultimately, it's what gave him the upper hand when coming up against these fleets. He knew where they would be and how best to defeat them based on where they were traversing um, and, and really just their weaknesses overall. So whether or not he really had this mirror, of course, we don't know. It's all legend and nothing has really been found to solidify this story. Uh, unfortunately, it'd be nice to know, you know. Uh, now, it was also stated uh, that Drake had uh, repeatedly used his magical skills to give Plymouth a new water supply. He said a spell over a Dartmoor spring and commanded the water to flow him to Plymouth. Still, there's another legend that tells of how Drake sat whittling one day on the cliff of Plymouth Hoe. Each wood, each wood chip that fell into the water sprang into fully armed ships. Now, <clears throat> let's just take this and break it down because, I mean, this sounds like some biblical stuff to me, which is weird right i mean these, these are the type of things that one of god's people would be whittling away and create an army of you know men or angels or whatever you know uh well to, before to we that, do that, that let's let's break down the magic mirror because sure something that is um renowned even before drake even came about was scrying or the scrying yes. mirror so the that would whether you believe that witches are are, are giving uh their souls to the devil or or we have medium and psychics that are communicating with all types of spirits not necessarily just human spirits um that have the ability to scry um that would be something that would explain the magic mirror maybe drake was a psychic or medium he didn't realize what it was or or what he was doing so he would use this mirror to find ships or find people throughout the world mm. and and find a way to defeat them just by scrying in the mirror right and you know let's not let's, let's not forget the power of the mirror itself um now in terms of legend mirrors are considered to be portals or at least can be portals into other dimensions allowing the spirit world to come in and out at will in fact uh it's believed that you don't even have to have a particular power or ability uh aside from having a mirror that you can actually scry uh without really any other need than to really focus on what it is you're looking for uh, i recently read an article actually uh, on a website called Loner Wolf, I go to Loner Wolf often. They they're um, they're very much I don't know a better word. 
to use other than new age. Um, but, you know, they, they tend to focus a lot on various substances um, that can help a person's soul and body and mind. Uh, and so this could be channeled from anywhere from just having certain people in your life uh, to reaching out to various gods, uh, various energies, uh, spirits that are, you know, spirit guides, uh, spirit guides that are human, that are animal, that are crossbreeds, that are angelic, that are plants even, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. They, they kind of tie all this information together and you get this nice big melting pot of information on different ways that you can uh, heal your own body, mind, and spirit, uh, especially the spirit, or in this case, the soul is what they often refer to. Uh, now, this article I was reading actually stated to one way to reach out to your spirit guide is through, is through scrying, um, and it's mm. one of the easier ways to do so. That, aside from, of course, also doing meditation or using tarot cards, various other types of media in order to do it. But scrying is one of those things that have been around probably longer than most other uh, mm-hmm. devices in terms of reaching out to the spirit world. Uh, and it's something that we can seriously all do. Don't necessarily recommend it. Uh, right. You know, make sure you're in the right place and know what you're reaching out for uh, and also know how to close the door afterwards. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, this is something that can be done obviously in mirrors, uh, in water, in really reflective surfaces of any sort, because the idea is anything that reflects has the ability to open that veil between our world and the spirit world. That was pretty much it. (laughs) Oh, okay. I mean, for as far as the, the article is concerned, I mean, the the mirror is pretty much mentioned very briefly. So mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, the the biggest part of that is is the scrying thing, and regardless of what you believe, I mean, it's something that's brought up in different faiths, different different religious beliefs. So it is a very big possibility but um going back into the 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 chipping of or the the whittling of the wood and them becoming chips and stuff you were talking about how it has kind of like a biblical spin on it yeah i mean it's just that kind of feel you know where you take an inanimate object and spring some life out of it you know um it's it's hard to explain but it it, this just seems like obviously it doesn't seem realistic by any means this is a story in this case Uh, this is one of those Mm. things i would consider a story or a myth just a legend like oh yeah you know he's so awesome that this happened or you know so scary that this happened Uh, that's the type of power he had now we know most likely that he didn't literally whittle wood chips into the sea and they turned into ships but it could be um more so a reference to the speed at which he actually did create ships or that his men uh, created ships for him. Uh, And that is just, you know, it happened so fast that it was as if he was just sitting there whittling one day and boom, he had ships all of a sudden. Uh, Mm -hmm. Now he had a very strong fleet, despite the fact that actually of his entire fleet, uh, the Golden Hind was the only one that ended up 
existing until the end, until his death. Um, it was demo- like all, I think his entire fleet was pretty much destroyed when they went down through Magellan, uh, when they took that pass. Magellan's a really dangerous place to be sailing. Uh, so <clears throat> even to this day, a lot of ships go down over there. Uh, which again, though, also kind of goes toward this idea that he was the one with the power because he lost his ships, but he himself still survived along with his ship, uh, right. despite everything. So, right. Well, the the really interesting thing about that is just like um, we've talked about the Bermuda Triangle, the drag Dragon Triangle, and all these certain areas where airplanes or ships have this this thing of either disappearing or uh disappearing into the bottom of the ocean stuff like that <laughs> maybe that's where drake still is mm-hmm. and that's what's causing this problem to this day or uh the the whole reason behind drake dying and his ship going down in this particular area has to do with something more of uh, magnetic fields in the earth or something like that. Right. So the, the other part to this, and it goes into um, more of his love life now in this article is interesting because if you think about witchcraft and wizardry um you hear a lot about love spells and stuff like that um we're about the halfway mark so we're going to take a quick break but we'll delve into sir francis drake's love life uh a little bit of the metaphysical that goes into that and all that great stuff right after eric's own fact of the day and a quick commercial and we'll be right back right after this now, Eric's random fact of the day. Did you know that nearly 20 years ago, a green Versace dress broke the internet? According to Cosmopolitan.com, that dress was worn by Jennifer Lopez at the Grammys in year 2000. There were so many people searching for the images of her in that dress that Google decidedly added an image function to their search engine which is now known as Google Images. This was Eric's random fact of the day. Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested. 
through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. Hi, I'm Brooke Haley Martin. And I'm Erin Skrback. And we have a little web series called Audition Audition Life. Inspired by true events, our series focuses on all the things that could potentially go wrong in an audition. And trust me, what can go wrong will. You can watch the series by going on www.auditionlifetheseries.com or by following us on the Instagram handle at auditionlifetheseries. Break Break a leg! Welcome back to Parachute Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And today, kicking off our series on, well, we'll call it Monsters and Myths of the High Seas. I like it. That's it. Uh, we are talking about Sir Francis Drake. Cannot tell you how many times I want to say Sir Nathan Drake. For those of you <laughs> gamers out there, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so Sir Francis Drake and his supposed uh, abilities, uh, that is the various powers that he supposedly had after the devil bestowed them upon him uh, based on a deal that they had made. Now, before we went to break, you were going to t- start talking about basically his love life, or in this case, his marriage and what kind of happened here uh, between him and his, at the time, not wife, uh, but soon to be <laughs> after the incident. Right. So Drake fell in love with Elizabeth, uh, I believe it's pronounced Sidenham, a noblewoman. Uh, her family refused to allow her to marry Drake, which was actually kind of common back in that time because he was a commoner and she was a noblewoman. Elizabeth waited, then uh, grew weary and became betrothed to another man. At their wedding, according to legend, a huge cannonball fell at the feet of Elizabeth, fired from Drake's cannon, from across the world. She canceled the wedding in 18, I'm sorry, 1585. Uh, She and Drake were married. The cannonball is identified as a football-sized meteorite now kept at Kumba Sydenham House. Um, the, The interesting thing about this is a meteorite and a cannonball, especially fro- uh, shot from a long distance, if a cannonball was shot from a long distance and then eventually hit the ground, would have been warped and, and changed to to the point that a meteorite would kind of resemble it. Um, despite his legendary magical powers, Drake eventually was defeated by the Spanish Armada in the West Indies in the 1595 Um, Eric had brought up that 1596 is the date now. But it's interesting that this goes into how he became betrothed to Elizabeth Sydenham because on top of the whole cannonball thing, uh, a meteorite is kind of an interesting thing in and of itself because first off, it's coming from outer space. Secondly, uh she already knew Drake was in love with her, wanted to marry her. Um, so it, it would only be common sense to think, Hey, this came from my true love because I'm marrying somebody that I'm not supposed to be with. On top of that, who's to say if Drake wasn't a wizard or was a wizard, sorry, 
he couldn't have called upon the powers of nature to bring this meteorite down to the ground <laughs> when the wedding was happening. Um, right. So it, it's interesting that even though it, it's kind of a side note to Drake's history, uh, there is there is actual history to note that this meteorite did actually hit um, and that it is actually stored at the uh, Coombe-Sydenham house. Uh, and it, I believe it's the Coombe-Sydenham meteor, if I'm not correct. Right, Eric? Right. Um, so it, that's that's super interesting in and of itself just because he, uh, he was betrothed uh, in a sense, but her family wouldn't allow it. And then after they got married, they ended up living in Buckland Abbey, which, according to legend, was built by the devil himself in three days. Mm-hmm. And we didn't delve into that biblical aspect because, according to a lot of, of biblical and Christian belief, the devil or Satan does the opposite of God so in a sense, building something in three days would be a a thumb at God because of, of the Holy Trinity and, and that aspect of the Bible. Sure, the Holy Trinity and the resurrection of Christ. Right. What's that? The three days. Um, right. You know, it, and it, it, you tend to find that whenever there's you read stories about the devil, there's there's always that kind of reference. Uh, something being done in pairs of threes because of that mockery uh, and even in uh paranormal uh paranormal science and just in regular research when we're doing investigations and stuff whenever you hear a knock that's three times you know it's like a knock at three times or uh something happens mm. in pairs of threes i think people always jump to the idea that it might be something demonic uh, in response, which isn't always necessarily necessarily the truth. It could be a human spirit trying to mimic an evil spirit in order to throw you off guard, uh, at least in my opinion. But it still leaves you questioning whether or not those three knocks did come from a demonic entity when you're doing the investigation. You know, so that's that's something you need to take. Uh, I wouldn't say with a grain of salt, but be cautious of it. Um, it's a vice also, versa thing. Is it a yeah. demonic spirit trying to throw you off and think, make you think it's a human spirit or the other way around? Right. You know, it's just one of those things you always have to be cautious of, you know, don't let your guard down, but make sure you continue to ask the right questions in order to get down to the, you know, the, 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 the answer, the goal of whatever the this gritty. Yep. thing is. Um, So, you know, in the end, that's kind of like, in terms of the history, <clears throat> that's one of the last things that's really talked about was this wedding and, of course, the house being built in three days. Um, and then he just kind of goes on to continue his work uh, as a sea captain, you know, circumnavigating mm -hmm. the world, right. uh, doing his thing. However, despite all of his legendary powers, Drake was eventually defeated by the Spanish in the West Indies in 1595. And in, and in 1596, that is when he died aboard his ship off of Portobello, Panama. Now, 
as he lay dying, and this is probably the last weird thing, um, as he lay dying, he ordered his drum, which he had taken around the world with him, to be sent back to his home, Buckland Abbey in Devon. Uh, he said that if anyone were to beat on the drum when his beloved um, England was in danger, he would return and lead his country to victory. Now, in this way, Drake joins other legendary national heroes, such as King Arthur uh, and Wild Edric, who will return from the dead to defend their country as well. Now, the story about Drake's drum has varied over the years. Uh, it has been said to be of its own accord whenever the country is threatened. Uh, it reportedly was heard in West in the West Country in 1914 at the start of World War One, and it was also said to have been beaten again uh, when the German fleet officially surrendered in 1919. Now, in the latter instance, a single drum beat was heard aboard British ships as they closed around Germans uh, around German ships. So, whether or not these drum beats were actually that of Sir Francis Drake's, we don't know. I mean, was this kind of like a Houdini type of thing where he claimed he, when he died he would come back? And that's exactly what Drake was doing here. Or was he just announcing, you know, who knows? We don't know how the spirit realm works or if he's even capable of doing such a thing. Uh, you know, but it, it's definitely weird, especially the fact that mm. so many people heard it too, like during World War One. This isn't like a single instance, right. supposedly. This is a story that many people heard. Um, but the other thing that I, I have to question here, and it's kind of frustrating because we don't know exactly uh, the years here in terms of when. Uh, Drake had supposedly make the devil or made the deal with the devil, uh, right. but there are stories in which when someone makes a deal with the devil, uh, there's a certain payment in return, and that payment is usually their life, the person's life who made the deal with the devil. Uh, so the fact that he was, you know, living loud and proud and uh, beating everybody left and right, winning and succeeding, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, gets demolished you know by uh by another fleet uh, or another army is really interesting to me and it makes me think that maybe that was the moment in which his time was up he had succeeded in all the things that he had wished for and made the deal for and then the devil came and collected for his due yeah right Well, that's the interesting thing, too. In the legend, it doesn't go into the exact deal right. that he made with the devil. Um, right. In a sense, he was still very much a, a young man when he died. Um, he, he was born 1540, died 1596, so that was only 56 years old. In our standards... Today, though, that that was really young. Back then, I mean, he could have been an old man at that point. But um, it is interesting that in in the legend, we don't hear anything specific about the the terms or anything of the deal with the devil. Um, so maybe, maybe he didn't make the deal with the devil to be immortal or live forever only to conquer a certain part of the world or, or whatever to 
sure. I, so, I think, so that he could be immortalized that way. Yeah, and I think when you consider um, the stories of people who have supposedly made deals with the devil, they've always been the same deal, really. And that is to have power, fame, and fortune. They want to be great. Not just okay, not just good, but they want to be great and they want to be remembered. Uh, right. And, you know, it, it's so interesting to me to think, like, why do they all start with that? Why does the story always So I want to be the best? And it's really, when, when you consider uh, the devil, who he is, what the Bible says about him, uh, it makes sense. And that is simple pride, right? Mm-hmm. So it's believed that Satan fell due to his own pride. Uh and ended up, you know, obviously corrupting humanity through a, a little test uh, that ultimately forced humanity to fail. And they brought shame upon themselves and were kicked out of the garden. Uh, and that's all because the devil supposedly uh, had too much pride and didn't want to bow down in a sense to humanity, which was the greater creation, according to God, um, you know, at the time. Obviously, humanity now. Uh, at least according to uh, I think most biblical scholars would say that in terms of our uh, I guess in terms of our I don't know what else to say power or in terms of who we are where we stand in the chain of God's mm, creations right we, right we we stand just a little below uh, the angels uh, so the angels are higher than us and the main reason for that is because the angels are, perfect they're they're god's creation perfect creation they are good they don't have any evil in them uh there's no corruption and so you can imagine that if everything stayed as it was supposed to be in the garden and eve never bit the apple and adam didn't follow in her uh her her you know then we would probably be above the angels in terms of our standing but because of the sin we don't um well, yeah, which, you know, I, you know, that's where a lot of the stuff comes from when we talk about humanity being able to create our own reality or when we talk about spirits or, or um, other entities creating them out of nothing. Because in the Bible, it says we're created in his image, which makes us believe that we could have had more ability than we do right now. Sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, and there's nothing in, uh, I should say there's nothing in modern scripture that would state that we had any special powers or abilities or anything like right. that. Right. Uh, you know, obviously there's people who would read other books that weren't included, um, into the modern, uh, Bible that right. we have that is most popularized and known. Uh, now whether or not those scriptures are legitimate, we don't know. We, we just don't know. Um, there's a reason they were cast out of the book and that was because they were um they they basically didn't correspond to what the rest of the books did there was like a certain connection between each of the current books that are in the bible now right and And these other ones according to the research we've done that's according to the catholic church though right true yes that is according to the catholic church as far as far as we know, you know, that's that's right. How that right. goes. I mean, this goes back many, 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 many years. Um, 
but yeah, absolutely. So the but the apocrypha, like even when you read the apocrypha, you do so, sort of notice how they're so much vastly different uh, from what is currently in the scriptures. Now, that's not to say those apocrypha weren't inspired by God. They very well could have been, you know, the inspired word. Uh, that's what the Bible is mm. called. And that is the belief that the people who wrote the Bible uh, were inspired by God and more or less uh, told what to write in inspiration. Right. Um, right. which is why some of these stories, you know, people are like, well, it was written so many years later, hundreds of years later. Yes. That's why it's the inspired word of God, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, now again, though, you'd have to do your own research and come up with your own conclusions. There are obviously plenty of Christians who very much believe in the Apocrypha, believe that the Apocrypha are true. Um, uh, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. We don't really know. That's all based on right. faith and your own opinion. Uh, the main thing that you have to understand when you're reading the scripture, or like I should say the biggest takeaway is who God is, who Jesus is, you know, Christ is God. And then he came 100% God, 100% man here on earth, died for people's sins, went to hell, rose again, and pretty much just opened the veil for all humanity to come to heaven. Um, and if there's any, you know, if it's anything aside from that, it doesn't really truly matter. It's just that main thing. That's that's the, the purpose uh, of the scriptures to learn that. So, yeah, I don't right. know. The Apocry I've read some of the Apocrypha. I think you've read a little bit, maybe. I don't know if you have or not. But... Yeah, I, um, just kind of, of snippets here and there, not mm -hmm. the full books or anything, but um, and, and kind of listening to other podcasts, um you specifically know know the ones that I'm speaking right. of of course where it's been been mentioned um I haven't delved deeply into the specific books but I I've seen stuff here and there and to to read it or, or hear about it and it's like you know why was this stricken out um was mm -hmm. it because you know the the churches at the time wanted to subdue the power of humanity, or was it really against what the Bible and Christianity was all about? Right, you know, and that's that's the hard thing to to really understand because we just don't know. Um, the, the the biggest thing with the apocrypha was the inconsistencies uh, within them. Uh, I'm right. like right. the I'm just gonna continue to call it the mo the uh, modern scriptures um when you read through them when you look into their history uh, there's this thing called maps actually uh it's actually an abbreviation uh map stands for um manuscripts art uh manuscripts archaeology prophecy and scripture uh those oh, i was gonna say align. this isn't google maps where you have to follow the path right no <laughs> no <laughs> but uh, this abbreviation maps, if those four things aligned uh, in, a, in your research, then chances are that it's true. And that's just one thing that scientists, uh, archaeologists, uh, historians are starting to learn and have been learning over the years is how many of these uh, many of these people, many of these cities that have been mentioned in mm. the scripture that people said were fake, they're not real. They're starting to uncover evidence that says, no, they very much are real. They've just been lost to history until archaeology digs it up and realizes, oh, snap, what do you know? Um, you know, and that's the kind of thing that 
they weren't really finding with the apocrypha even in modern times we're not really seeing that with the apocrypha uh there's just inconsistencies that don't line up and i know when i read it um you know when you read books of genesis all the way through revelation there is a certain consistency in terms of tone through all of them that makes me feel like that tone it it almost feels like it was all written by one person to me um there's Mm. very slight differences based on who's writing uh, because you, you know, each person has their own individual touch, but there was like this consistent underlying, uh, tone to it all. Whereas the apocrypha, the tone is completely flipped and different and wild. Uh, and it just doesn't match up for to me at all. It doesn't feel very much given by the spirit. That doesn't mean that they're necessarily right. false, um, you know, false stories, but they may not be inspired stories. Right. Well, uh, and the interesting thing to, to tie this into to Sir Francis Drake is it, it's hard to differentiate the legend from the real man. Right. Um, like we, we had talked about the magic mirror could possibly be a, a scrying phenomenon. Uh, they just didn't know how to describe it back then. Um, the, the meteorite thing, if he was a wizard, possibly he could have called a a meteor from the sky and thrown it at her. Could have been a a cannonball from his ship that would have been warped if he had magical ability. Um, I, I mean, in in the long run, this man did a lot in terms of what a person could do in his lifetime right. was that magical or or just a fact of somebody knowing the world that he was in at the time that he was um that that is the huge thing here and i think it's interesting that somebody wrote an article to bring up a legend that he may come when england needs him most much right. like king arthur um, and it was Wild Edric, I believe, correct? Right. Which I I've never heard the the legend of Wild Edric, so maybe that's something we can kind of delve into as we do the research here. Um, but everybody knows the the legend of King Arthur. Um, if you don't, basically, what it boils down to is a child king who comes up in power and eventually is brought down by powers that oppose him, but is linked to uh, fairy lore, um, legend of England. And there have been a lot of people that believe that there's a link between King Arthur and Jesus Christ as well, Um, where it wasn't actually King Arthur, but Jesus Christ came to England and brought about the stuff it was just the way people were describing things at the time so it's interesting that sir francisic has has this aspect to him but at the same time uh we've seen him in pulp car culture eric brought it brought it up uh that uh there's a playstation game series called uh what's the name of the series uncharted yes thank you uh, where you you play as Nathan Drake, who is a descendant of Sir Francis Drake, 
and you kind of get into this hist or legend a little bit. Um, I believe it's towards the end of the series, Eric, where he's kind of going into finding these different legends or, or artifacts, and it delves into demonic creatures and stuff like that, right? Well, it's toward the well, at the the first three games or the end of the first three games, okay. you end up with some sort of weird paranormal supernatural happenings that are just a complete twist that you don't expect. Uh, the only right. one it doesn't exist in is number four. There's some weird things, but it's not paranormal or supernatural by any means, just indigenous. It goes people. back to the basics. Right. Goes back, yeah. Um, so it makes you wonder if these legends have been kind of delved into. You, you know, we just haven't really heard about them. Right. Yeah, but there's plenty of time. So these legends could certainly surface, especially as people <laughs> right. continue to investigate and, you know, right. do those archaeological digs. You might find some interesting stuff along the way. Right. Absolutely. All right, folks. So check out uh, the link in the show notes. Um, definitely do your own research. Um, on top of being paratruth, we encourage you guys to do the research yourself. Because, yes, we can do the research and present it to you. But if you've delved into research that contradicts what we're talking about, or if you find more on top of what we have already discussed, we would love to hear from you. Um, the email will still, of course, be the same, which is paratruthradio at gmail.com. Um, once we get the website up, I'm sure we'll have a contact page for you as well. Um, we're working towards doing a blog. Um, we do the vlogs on, on social media, but I think we'll kind of link it to the, the website as well. Um, link paramixology, all of our YouTube stuff to it too. So next week and, and Eric, you can tell me if we should do something different, but I think we should delve into the, I believe it's called Sharktopus? <laughs> yes, I think we should. I absolutely think so. Uh, what What's the, the other term? It's Lucas something, right? Yes. Um, oh, goodness. Now that it's been like weeks since we talked about it. Yeah, you know what? Googling it right now is just giving me the Sharktopus movie, which if you haven't seen it, is actually really good. Uh, it's not good at all, but it's funny. It's just <laughs> a really bad movie for Sci-Fi Channel, but it's it's good in that way. Luska? I think it's Luska. Luska, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the interesting thing about the, the Luska, just to kind of touch base on it is it has to do with tiger sharks mm. and it, an octopus hybrid sort of. So this one will be interesting. We've never kind of touched base on this before. Uh, depending on the research, we can probably kind of tie in the black shark as well or the oh, shadow sure. shark. Um, but there's actually a lot of different creatures of the deep. Um, there's a lot of ghost legends as well. Uh, somebody wanted us to cover. Um, what's the name of Davy Jones's ship? Uh, 
dude drawing up all these all these blanks now. <laughs> Jeez. The Flying Dutchman. Flying Dutchman. That's it. Um, and the Flying Dutchman not only has been touched base on by, of course, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Um, there's numerous legends about it as well. But if if we get to it, we'll we'll touch base touch base on the Flying Dutchman. Otherwise, there's so many other things to touch base on for the high seas uh, creatures and legends or ghost spirits so stay tuned to all that on paratruth um until next week folks where you'll find us same time same channel my name is justin and i'm eric peace Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily.